0: Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another edition of the Faith the Public podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me, as always, is the Scotty Pippen of my Michael Jordan, Mr. Ryan Morrison. You know, I really wish it would have been the Dennis
1: Rodman to your Michael Jordan, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I, I guess even you wouldn't marry yourself. I guess it's a, I guess it's a compliment, but you know, I could.
0: I could have given you the fucking Steve Kerr.
1: Yeah, that would suck. Well, uh, you know, okay, I don't know. I don't know enough about NBA basketball history. Okay, fuck this.
0: You're the Booby Gibson of my LeBron James. There we go. That's much better.
1: (laughs) Much better, especially since since my name's Booby. So, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll fucking take it. So, Ian, um, not much has happened since last week, so I'm sure this will be a short podcast. Um...
0: You know, we said that last time. I don't think it really worked
1: out no. that way. No, it didn't. Um, Elon Musk went on Joe Rogan and talked about Neuralink. Uh, I didn't finish the conversation, but I was sufficiently freaked out about it, uh, especially when Elon gave the timeline that it'll probably be ready in three to five years.
0: I'm sorry, what's a Neuralink? I haven't listened to Okay, it so
1: uh, Neuralink is a implant in your brain that will initially solve or resolve brain injuries or like if you have like paraplegia it can like connect the neurons that aren't firing and make you not paralyzed anymore
0: and let me just i don't know hazard a guess on where this conversation goes because well i mean Of course, it always goes here. Uh, It will eventually be turned into something where because it has control of your nervous system, uh, within a short period of time, they will then figure out how to uh, alter chemical uh, or electric impulses in your brain to alter your mental capacity and mental state.
1: Yes, so the idea is that it will not only cure uh, Alzheimer's but also that it can help you recall memories uh, much easier and much more vividly than ever before, is the uh, goal of it. Uh, beyond that, uh, in the you know not-so-distant future, you will be able to communicate with people who also have Neuralink uh, without actually having to speak to them.
0: That is... That might literally be a Black Mirror it is. episode. I mean,
1: there is literally a Black Mirror episode where you have, a, a, like, an implant in your eye then you can, like, rewind things. And that guy's, like, wife was cheating on him or something and he kept fucking rewinding it. And then, like, he hacked into her memory and saw her fucking somebody else. And it was all because of this implant. All of the Black Mirror episodes that freak me the fuck out are the ones that involve some kind of robotic implant in a person that makes them beyond you know have powers and... Powers and abilities beyond what a normal human should have.
0: Yeah, I... My paranoia also always goes to... If you can communicate with other people via Neuralink, then what's to say that people that have control over the Neuralink implants can't do something to you? Boy, you know,
1: the government definitely Uh, wouldn't stick their greasy paws in this one.
0: Uh... Who's to say they haven't already? Yeah. Um, Tinfoil hats. Tinfoil
1: hats. Tinfoil hat time. Elon Musk is controlled by a Neuralink, and he's being headed by. He's being.
0: How is that possible when he already is a robot?
1: Well, that's that's what I'm saying. It's possible. Like you know, he they maybe you know he's not necessarily full robot, but he's partially robot, right? Because of the neural. And well, because that of the would explain link.
0: what he named his right. child.
1: Right. And here's the thing the Department of Defense could never come up with this on their own because if the army developed this, no one would use it commercially, right? Like there would be no way for like, it would just like if the public saw like, oh yeah, the army developed a brain control system and now they're gonna sell it to us. No one would buy it because they think it would be like a violation of privacy, right? Well, if you get this, you know, glitzy entrepreneur to develop it and kind of label it as like a health benefit So lots of people go out and get it, and then you have beta testers on people that are generally like feeble or uh, mentally weak-minded anyway. So they're kind of like guinea pigs, right? People that have you know chronic illness or are paralyzed or in some way have a a very debilitating uh, medical condition. You can guinea pig it on them, and then kind of work on like the next features with the people that already have it in their system, and then we put it into everyday normal. Human beings in the government has an army of 375 million people that they can do whatever they want with. It can happen. I'm not saying it's not true. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not true. Did you follow me
0: there? I kind of went down a rabbit hole real fast. Yeah, no, I, I'll i be honest. I kind of zoned out there for a second because my... I, well, there's too much paranoia going on okay. right now. Uh, do you want to just continue the discussion we were having about whiskey? Instead? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you were saying I'm just—I was telling you before we came on the podcast—I just can't fucking drink Crown. I can't do
0: it. Now, now are you a whiskey connoisseur yeah. by any means, or you know what? Uh, connoisseur would be a bit much. I enjoy whiskey. Uh, I'm not someone who like I'd like to do the bourbon trail, but I've never gotten a chance to. I'm always open to new, different whiskeys. Uh, I always prefer my whiskeys uh, on the rocks or mixed with ginger ale if I'm going to have it in a mixed yep. drink. So. But I'm, def- I'm definitely more of a bourbon man, but my dad always uh, drinks Crown if he's drinking whiskey. And so that's, uh, that's one that's always near and dear a to me A very West heart. Virginian thing to do. I, don't, I don't... They did come out with a, uh, a specialty West Virginia bag. I'd like to see that actually. I bet it's pretty sick.
1: Jake would kill for one it of these. It is.
0: Those.
1: Just absolutely kill I can't for one. believe
0: he doesn't have one.
1: You know, I don't know. They may not have made it for Crown Apple. Hang on, I got it. I got it. Get up. Um give us a spiel on the whiskeys you've had. My oven's
0: on, so I'm going to go turn it off before I burn my house down. <laughs> oh. Now, now I'm just distracted by joy. Um the the whiskeys I've had are typically just run-of-the-mill stuff. Uh, I've never been a big fan of Jack Daniels. I don't really like the sour mash whiskey. Um, Bullet is a pretty. Bullet's good great. If you're the Bullet Rye. I have not had the Bullet Rye. You're the like third or fourth person to tell me to try. Yeah, the I Rye. think
1: the Rye's a little bit better than straight Bullet, but you can't for, for the money, especially like out at restaurants. A Bullet's a, a great whiskey that's not going to break the bank when you're out of the, out of the bars.
0: Yeah, the uh Buffalo Trace we were talking about is one that I'm uh, I need to. Currently drinking it right now. I uh, do recommend that. hmm Um really just enjoy the flavor of bourbons, so I think I'm looking forward to Jim Beam obviously is probably the best known have bourbon. Have you had Makers Makers forty six? No, I want to. Have you have never had either? Um No. I I dre- <laughs> You invested your money in alcohol and high-quality alcohol. I was just literally downing bottles of Burnett's in college. So, okay, let's take a step back there.
1: I did not necessarily invest in high-quality alcohol. Um, I would suggest that maybe I was gifted some nice bottles of whiskey that I would savor uh, for special occasions. I did fall in love with Maker's Mark when I was in college. So Make- Maker's is probably my favorite, you know, mass-produced with, or you know, bourbon. Um, Maker's 46, in particular, is, is, I think, a little bit better than Maker's, you know, regular Maker's. Uh, you'll find regular Maker's Mark is, is going to be similar to, like, a Buffalo Trace. It's going to be smoky, a little sweet. You know, it's, it's hard for me to describe the flavor and, you know, like you'd see on a professional website of reviews, but... Um, I found 46 to be a little sweeter. I think 46 is kind of a better dessert whiskey than the straight makers, but you can't go wrong with either, honestly. I just love, man, I don't think there's any better feeling than sitting around a campfire in, like, late fall. And, you know, it's kind of chilly and just sipping on a whiskey and just feeling your body kind of warm up as you sip the whiskey. Dude, it's like like nothing else, man. I'm telling you. Such a great feeling smelling the smoke the smoke kind of brings out some different flavors of the of the whiskey you're drinking oh
0: man have you ever had uh johnny walker yeah not
1: a huge fan if i'm drinking scotch i prefer like a a true a true scotch like uh lafroig um like a lafroig tenure is what i'm gonna drink if i'm drinking scotch not a big scotch guy honestly like even I've had a McAllen 18 year you know it's really smooth you know a lot of hints of vanilla it's really sweet but it's like nothing it's not something I could see myself drinking um, every week it's like a like Lafroy, for example is like kind of a Christmas Eve tradition my dad and I have so that would be like a situation where I drink some Lafroy.
0: What about, uh, I, do I, I don't know if I still have it, but I actually had a, uh, a glass that had the Lafroy brand on the uh, whiskey glass that had it on the side. Um, uh, what about Irish whiskeys?
1: Uh, I mean, Jameson is like, you know, the fucking staple of Irish whiskeys. Honestly, other than Jameson, I don't know if I've if I can name any other Irish whiskeys I've had. Isn't it, uh, Glen... Glenn, so Glenn, Glenn is a Scotch. Is, yep. is it glenfiddich is Glenfinish is another good scotch um both the thing about I think it's the L- L- froid I had was you know they the, those um those scotches are are made um in barrels that were burned with peat moss I believe is how they make it don't quote me on that but I somehow peat moss is involved in it and I believe it's aged in barrels with that were burned with peat moss and man, you can just taste... You can taste the the peat moss when you drink it. It's something else. It's really something else. Uh, really smoky. Oh, it's good.
0: Anyway. Okay. Uh, before we move off of whiskeys, uh, I have a fun story about Jameson. Uh, so my old... My uh, great-grandfather's name was Jameson. Great-grandpa James. Uh, and so... Uh, my oldest brother, his middle name is Jameson, and he used to work at the Boston Beanery in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before, I, I don't remember if this was right before or right after he turned 21, but uh, he, whenever he would get off work and would order a drink, they would make him take a shot of Jameson before he would do anything because they found out his middle name is Jameson. That's awesome. <laughs> It got to the point where I was like, I just don't want whiskey, so I'm just not drinking here.
1: <laughs> that's awesome uh I don't know if I'd ever name I don't know if I'd ever like inadvertently or purposely name a kid after any kind of liquor. Do you imagine like your your kid with a middle name Burnett
0: so you're saying the are you going to are you going to chastise my firstborn son, Tito James? Yes, Paul? I am. 100%. <laughs> um,
1: okay, embrace debate. Best two flavors, best three flavors of brunettes. Go.
0: Uh, tropical fruit. Yeah, that's, yeah uh-huh. Mango. Uh, okay. And... Mm, third. Those were always the two that I would go with. Uh, red... Was it red berry? Red berry say? was a
1: flavor that was not bad. Red berry wasn't bad. You can mix that with like lemonade and it'd be pretty good. Um, yeah, I feel like tropical fruit you could almost drink straight. It was so good.
0: Oh, I did very often. <laughs> it was so good, man. For anyone that for anyone that was wondering how Ryan and I are friends, this is the answer.
1: Reminiscing about shitty shitty liquors in college.
0: Uh, the the fact that I also would just drink I would uh, there were multiple times when I legitimately just <laughs> didn't oh the uh, the one of the drunkest I've ever been was when I had a bottle of mango Burnett's and I had stopped by the we stopped at the uh, shit what's that place between High Street and the the mountain lair, the canteen. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it was like two months before I turned 21. So my friend grabbed, was like, uh, we we asked, do you think we'll need any more? I'm like, never hurts. Might as well get me a few. Dude, there is
1: like, I, I, I'm the biggest guy, like FOMO guy of like running out of booze. I will always buy a little bit more. If there's any doubt, like, yeah, yeah, I might run out. I'll buy more. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah, no. Keep in mind, I'm drinking an entire bottle of, of Burnett's to myself yeah. tonight, and so I'm just like, sure, it never hurts. She goes in and gets me the Blue Hurricane oh for loco. To put in perspective, I finished the bottle that night and was so and was blackout drunk, and I still remember how terrible it tasted and smelled. Oh it smelled like it smelled like gym old gym socks man i'm telling you there was something
1: just repulsively adm- admirable about about a four loco like they taste like shit they smell like shit but you drink one and it's it's like you're just fucked up you fucked up as soon as you're done drinking oh, yeah. man ugh. you ever had a mad dog well, what you ever had is- a mad dog 2020
0: you better believe it. The it's blue one right. has the bling, the bling chain. The blue one on it. is
1: so fucking
0: good. <laughs> the bling, bling chain, man. That's all. That's the only reason you need to get it until you get that twenty twenty vision, baby. Drinking the, the uh, Jake and I were in
1: Orlando for the Camping World Bowl against Miami. Fuck Miami. Um, and we, I mean, this stadium is in like a bad part of town. You know, like I know when we went in there, our buddy bought all of the booze on one card, and the credit card company. Uh, declined it, and then called him immediately and said, has your card been stolen? <laughs> because someone was trying to spend <laughs> like 85 bucks at this gas station in the hood in Orlando. <coughs> but Jake and I ended up, uh, we both got uh, the, the big mad dogs, like the biggest ones, and pounded them during the tailgate. Uh, I'm sure he'll text me about this, but those are great times, man. never I'm never above like, and this is maybe like what WVU kind of like will always have ingrained in me. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Like I am never above buying some cheap, shitty malt liquor and drinking it just because like a, like a four loco, like a fucking 40 ounce of Miller high life, like a, uh, you know, a cult 45 or a mad dog, 2020, something like that,
0: you know, I'll definitely do that, but I've become more particular about, like, I I would definitely like to pick the flavor, as opposed to just say, grab anyone. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, it's not like it was in college when it was like, yeah, anything will do the trick. Now it's like, it's like when I'm feeling kind of like, I don't want to say nostalgic or like something, like maybe there's a party, you know, I have a party coming up or like I'm pre-gaming for something. And I'll be in the grocery store, you know, not, you know, I can't figure out what I want. I see like a Colt 45, I'll buy one and, you know, do a Brass Monkey or something just because like, man, that takes me back to college. It's like walking into the canteen, buying two Colt 45s, Brass Monkey in it. Man,
0: oh, WVU is so much uh, fucking fun. I fucking miss it. I loved college. Uh, Did I actually didn't finish the story. The reason I started that story is because (laughs) while she was in there. I didn't seem to realize that I hadn't, hadn't gotten a, uh, a mixer for, for my vodka. So we get to the party, and I realize, oh shit, all I have is a Four loco and a bottle of Burnettes. And I'm like, I'm not going to mix my Burnettes with Four loco because that will actually somehow make both worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I ended up drinking Vodka Waters, and by vodka waters, I mean I would take a pull of the, I'd take a pull of the bottle, and then just take a sip of water. Hell yeah, afterwards. get that get that taste out of your mouth. Hell yeah. And then I'd, I, at one point, I played five straight games of uh, flip cup one on one with somebody who was drinking beer, and I was pouring a shot Whoo! every time, and then pour putting water in. To match the level of of uh liquid, so I wasn't getting an unfair Jesus advantage. Jesus Christ. Man.
1: That's impressive. Honestly, that's fucking impressive. Man. God I missed WVU. Yeah,
0: I was like I was forcibly told to stop after <laughs> four or five. Cause they're like, you've been here for an hour. We can't yeah. do this. <laughs> There are people that aren't showing up for another hour yeah. and a half. We need you to be able to need keep you We Need you to right stand here. up. We need you to be able
1: to stand up when those people show up, man. That's great. God bless. I miss it so much. I miss it so fucking much. Being at a party and someone just and just a bag of wine just being passed around. Like it's like it's fucking oh, communion.
0: Did, did I tell you the story? Did I tell you the story about the first time I slapped the bag? Mm,
1: Remind me, because I don't think you've told the podcast.
0: Okay, so the first time I ever slapped the bag was... uh, My brother had a house that he was living in. Uh, I think it was his sophomore and junior years. Uh, That was not a hundred feet away from the original Mario's. Oh, wow. Okay. And... Yeah, a prime yeah. location. And so he would obviously host for those there. Had a big basement. Let me, let me stop you there. For
1: the, the uninitiated, Mario's Fishbowl is like a staple bar um, slash wing joint in Morgantown. Hole-in-the-wall spot. It's been open since like the 40s. Um, I'm sure our listeners, our listener will correct us. One of our listeners will correct us on the timing, but... Just like a, it's a Morgantown staple with like beers that are sold, served in fish bowls. Uh, the wings are great. There's like dollars and shit like all over the wall just from people that have like been there before. So just a really cool spot. Anyway, continuing in.
0: Like basically exactly what you want to see from a college town bar. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I show up and there's a party going on in the basement and. Uh, in order to get in, you have to like walk uh, uh, the basements on like the ground floor, so you have to walk up some steps to the porch, then walk inside, and then walk back downstairs. Kind of annoying, but as I walked in, I saw that my, my roommate was sitting there uh, with his girlfriend. And uh, one of their friends from high school... Ha, was happening to pull out a, bo- was drinking from a box of wine, and it was the first time I'd actually ever seen a box of wine uh, because I didn't drink as much in co- in high school, or not really that yep. much at all, and so I was just like chatting it up with them having a conversation five ten minutes and then the friend of theirs from high school looks at me and says Ian, slap the bag I'm like what? She said, slap the bag, Ian. I, start, I look at my roommate and his girlfriend, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, I, I turn, get my hips into it, wind up, and just slap the fucking shit out of this bag. Knock <laughs> it out of her hands. My roommate and his girlfriend just burst out laughing. She's, she looks at me and says, Ian, what the fuck was that for? I said, You told me to slap the bag. She said, That means that you drink from it. I'm like, Well, why the fuck wouldn't you just tell me to do that, then?
1: Oh, man. God damn. Oh, I haven't slapped the bag in ages. Maybe I'll do that at the beach this weekend. Take a bag of Franzi with oh. me.
0: Oh, yeah, because you're one of those. Uh, lovely few that can actually go out to the So, beach so, so I dick. guess
1: this is a this is a nice um, this is a nice transition to um, our current situations. I was going to ask you how life in
0: in uh, Soviet uh, in Soviet Virginia is, but um, uh, yeah, the uh, I happen to live in one of three counties in which the lockdown has been extended another two weeks. So uh, instead of reopening this Friday, I am now forced to wait until May 20th. Are they giving
1: you any reason for this? Like, are cases, like, just blowing up in D.C. area, or what's uh it?
0: No, actually, cases in the D.C. area have been going down, uh, proportion of cases. Uh, but the number of cases is still up there, and so they're freaking out. D.C. just extended another month, so that's fun. Uh, yeah. It's, Just, I'm telling uh, you, in
1: Charlotte, it's like life is almost completely back to normal. It's surreal, honestly. Um,
0: well, it's because it never fucking hit it Charlotte. It never did.
1: It really never did. I think we never had, I think we have like 3,000 confirmed cases right now or something.
0: I mean, for fuck's sake, over 50% of the deaths are coming from uh, nursing homes. So as long as your governor isn't a retard, like uh, the Pennsylvania or New York governors... Then and t- forcing nursing homes to accept COVID patients, then I think that you'll probably do fine.
1: And, like, that's the thing, man. Like, I, I don't know anybody down here, knock on wood here, because I, I live in a busy apartment building, so, you know, maybe I can get it tomorrow. But, um, like, I haven't known anybody here that's gotten it either. Um, and I have friends in the hospitals. Well, like, I have nurse friends. Um, no one seems to have... Have,
0: have you... Have you gotten back the antibody test to find out if you did? It I didn't go, it I didn't did go get it,
1: it because be I didn't pussy? know it was $120. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, I guess for our listener that uh, doesn't know this, I plan on going to get an antibody test last Friday. Um, however, I thought it was going to be like 20 bucks and not 120 bucks. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and wait until the government incentivizes me to go do that. Um, I'm sure they will at some point. I'm sure it'll be some kind of big, like, fucking study. Like, everybody go get antibody tested, and we're going to compare all the results, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's has like, I went into a Cabela's today and bought a fishing rod. It was just, like, completely normal. You know, walk inside, buy a fishing rod, and walk out. You know, like, people out there helping you, people inside, shopping, um, restaurants, restaurants are doing indoor service in South Carolina starting Friday, I think. I don't know the exact the exact specifications, but um, barbershops open next Monday here in Charlotte. They're expecting like pools and gyms to be open by Memorial Day. So um, the beach, Dare County, Cape Hatteras, Outer Banks, they open Saturday. So we're taking a day trip down there Saturday, gonna do some fishing. So life's good down here, man. It's like you know, kind of getting back to normal.
0: Uh, fuck you, and we'll move
1: on. All right, um, <clears throat> what what are your hopes for? I mean, what what are your expectations for Northern
0: Virginia? These idiots will never let me go to the fucking to a restaurant ever
1: again. Probably not, dude. I mean, here's the thing: is you is like and we've talked about. The, I feel like we just beat this into the fucking ground every weekend, but it's it's just getting. It's sickening to watch. Like, the, I think federal governments and local governments are, are really just loving this idea that they can just keep people locked inside for as long as possible. And the idea that there's not a political agenda behind it is ridiculous.
0: Well, the problem is that everyone is looking at, well, what are the medical experts telling us to do? The medical experts will literally always tell you to do the thing that prevents sicknesses. of the time, no matter what the consequences, because if they don't, then they look like shitty doctors. Right. Like you're never going to hear a doctor tell you like,
1: it's okay to drink alcohol. How many people drink alcohol? And by definition, how many people do you know that drink alcohol in excess, which is like more than three drinks in a sitting? Like Uh, fucking everybody.
0: Right. We may not be the best examples considering 50% of people have never blacked out. And I think that's, bu- that's bullshit vast,
1: That's such a bullshit statistic uh, Or do you believe it?
0: I believe you it. believe it? I believe God. it, yeah
1: Wow, poor people I just don't understand Yeah,
0: you, we're, we're in a, We're not, WVU is not a common <laughs> thing Even at other colleges At other state schools Drinking that much Is not as widely done as it is
1: at WVU. It's, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I, I think the difference between like I think other colleges have like people that get blacked out and people that drink like you know and, and party a lot, but the thing about WVU is it was just like every day. They were telling the story like I I had some coworkers telling it was every day and it was every one. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I guess my, maybe my favorite thing about it was like on a Sunday night you could find someone that would go to the go to sports page and drink beer with you. Same with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Obviously, like I, pretty much everybody went out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, if you wanted to find someone that, to go out and drink with you, you could find somebody
0: pretty easily. I remember that I happened to go with a friend of mine for uh, my first legal drink at midnight uh, on a Monday, Monday night to Sports Page, and as soon as I walk in, I see you. <laughs> another person from That's our right. class. <laughs> on the so other Was it end Mo? Of the bar. I think it was Mo. <laughs> I thought it was Sierra.
1: Oh, it was Sierra. That's right. That's right, it was Sierra. Because you came down there and I bought you uh, I bought you Jack Daniels. We took jack shots. You did buy. Me. Yes. <laughs> yep. Fuck yes. We weren't super close friends back
0: then. No, I think that at that point we were st- you and we still just knew each other from freshman year living on the yep. same so yep, but you were
1: in my cla- I knew you were in my petroleum classes man but that maybe that was the beginning
0: I bought you jack shots on your birthday I will say that that did uh, did make me feel more comfortable walking over and sitting on in, in that general area of the uh of the classroom also got, I had to sit next to We got to pretty tent. fucked up that night We yeah.
1: did we did get pretty fucked up that night because Sierra left and uh that was that was your birthdays in the summertime right uh, it was no it's April 26th. that's right okay I knew Don't I knew know. it was it was one of the <laughs> it was tail end of the semester one way or the other I just couldn't remember which way um, I didn't know if it was like in August before school started or if it was late late in the year I think we had just finished up or I had just wrapped up finals around that time God RIP.
0: Yeah, no, it's usually around the top, just before final start is what and is where it usually finds Which itself. would explain
1: why I was down there getting fucked up on a Monday. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, on that note, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get another glass of whiskey. in A second. I just killed my first one.
0: Uh, should we actually? We're already half an hour into this. Should we actually, instead of room missing, cover some news? Yeah.
1: Um. So I
0: just wanted to talk
1: about. Um. Actually. You introduce a topic. I'm going to get another glass of whiskey.
0: So the one that seemed to really stand out and seemed fairly newsy to me was, I believe it was 40% of uh, people earning uh, $40,000 a year or households earning $40,000 a year or less, uh, 40% of them lost a job in the month of March. Yeah, so So you kind of took... That's only half of the. That's only half, two half of that month was the lockdown. So you kind of and then April happened. of took my dumpster
1: fire of the week because my
0: dumpster fire of the week
1: was going to be poor people, um, because uh, again we we prove the and that's okay. I can I'll come up with something else, um, but we can kind of uh, kind of go back to this point I've been trying to make that the only people that are considering. The only people that are like advocating for this lockdown and let's stay inside, and never go outside are the ones that have jobs and the people that are losing their jobs are the poor and under underrepresented people in our society.
0: Yep. Um, what else happened this week? Oh, uh, Michael. Uh, Jero- well, Jerome, well, stuff- let's
1: let's let's stay on that. Let's stay on that note. How do you feel about okay. uh, Jerome Powell kind of saying we just need to continue to spend more money? I saw that headline. Um, I saw that headline, and I almost sent it to you, but I wanted to get your reaction on the podcast. How do you feel about Jerome Powell? Uh, Jerome Powell says the solution to fix the curb coronavirus impact is to just
0: spend more. That's, of course. That he's the Fed chairman. Of course, that's his thought. <laughs> I mean. George W. Bush's solution to 9-11 was for Americans to go out and shop. <laughs> That's the government's answer to everything, is for people to go out and spend money. It's
1: great. It's fucking great. Yeah, the Fed, the Fed needs to spend more money. Okay. Where's it coming from?
0: Yep. Uh, well, they actually get money at its highest levels, because they're the ones that just magically create it, because they don't even have to physically print it anymore. <laughs> Uh, and uh-huh, yeah, no the uh, and then the banks that they buy everything from or buy loans, basically all the all the stuff on the balance sheets uh, on the balance sheet of the Fed uh, they get from banks. so the banks get the second highest value of that money, and by the time it actually reaches the average American or small business. Uh, it's been inflated. The uh, value of the dollar is inflated, uh, has suffered from inflation. And so, you any money that you had in the bank is now worth less. And so, you are actually poorer that year than you were the year before. Nothing. If you did not add more money.
1: Geopolitically, nothing bad has ever happened because of hyperinflation, right?
0: Well, it's not quite hyperinflation uh, yeah, yet. Uh, yeah, but. You, you
1: get what I'm getting at here. Let's not use the word hyperinflation. Let's just say nothing bad has really happened geopolitically because of of uh, a significant increase in inflation, right?
0: Well, most recently, it's uh, Venezuela has had that happen, where they. That's a safe place. Uh, yeah, no, uh, they were seen uh, a couple years ago. Uh, s- citizens were actually storming the local zoos for meat. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I believe it happened in Zimbabwe before that. I don't really know much about yeah, that situation. Something... I believe the most famous the most famous instance of the hyperinflation would have been uh in the Weimar Republic. I was, was going to suggest
1: yeah that the the, uh, the actual name the Weimar Republic um not
0: the the uh <laughs> You know, the whole situation that led to the rise of Boy, the Nazis. So, I
1: literally watched the first five minutes of uh, World War II in Color tonight before we got on here. And uh, the premise of... This is so bad. The premise of Hitler rising into power were was the creation of two extremist parties. Extreme right-wing... The extreme right-wing party and communists... Fighting over who should be in control politically. Uh and then after Hitler staged a coup for the extreme right wing, you know, socialists um to overtake the government, he was thrown in jail where he wrote Mein Kampf. And when he got out, he said, Okay, I'm gonna try to do this democratically and then the Weimar Republic happened to have like five great years during the twenties, right? So he really didn't come into power. Yep. Um, and then this thing called the great depression happened <laughs> and and is that noteworthy and, yeah something similar just happened like a couple months ago here i'm not drawing comparisons
0: Well, yet. i wouldn't say it's exactly similar we didn't we didn't purposefully destroy the economy back in making no no that was
1: all because of a run on the banks that's because we didn't have the proper measures in place for people to have their money protected
0: um now that we well, thank goodness, though, that people that we don't have fractional reserve banking, and so that could never happen again. I don't I don't know Ladies. what that is. Can you explain that, like M five? Fractional reserve banking is the idea that you uh, you put a hundred dollars into your savings yeah. account, and so you assume that you have a hundred dollars in the bank because you yep. do. But then the bank takes that hundred dollars and they loan it out. And so now they loan ninety dollars to somebody uh-huh. else, and that say that person isn't very good with their money, so they're like, "I have ninety dollars. You know what I'll do? I'll put it in a different. I'll put it back in the bank. So then the bank loans out eighty of that ninety dollars to another person, and that person bets it on, uh, bets it on the Miami Dolphins to win, or the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super yep. Bowl, something that'll never happen." and they, uh, they lose, and now they have, to, they have no money, and people start freaking out about their money, and so the first two people, they think that they have $100 and $90 in the bank, respectively, because they gave that money to the bank, so then they decide that they want to go and, and pull out that money. Well, they can't because they are only expected to have a fractional reserve of what the total amount of money in their bank is. Uh, I think the best example of it is actually in It's a Wonderful Life, when uh, there's the run on the banks, like you were talking about, and in order to keep the community bank or the community lending open, uh, he tells people to only take what they need and nothing more, because if they take anything more, then he... uh, then it will cause the lending institution to collapse.
1: Yep. Boy, that sounds problematic, but we don't have anything like that right now. Sure. Yeah, no. Um, I guess this, (laughs) this relates to that Onion article I posted today. I found that so funny. The responsible man responsible man dedicates small part of paycheck every month to bank to for, uh, for er, give small part of paycheck every month to the bank to gamble with yeah <laughs> yep uh, that's just great man the onion on top of it um, what else was news this weekend uh, oh um, by the way if Trump and Mike P- actually... I'm going to save that for my dumpster fire of the week. Um, anything else noteworthy? Do we want to do the Michael Flynn thing? Yeah, let's talk about Michael Flynn and how he was completely set up by
0: by President Obama. Uh I don't know if he was set up by Obama, but I think Obama knew about it. I so, okay,
1: so uh, full disclosure, I've like not read those articles in the Wall Street Journal, so I don't I don't really don't know what's going on other than that it was clear he was set up.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. it was it may not have been the legal definition of entrapment, but it was clearly shady shit, and everyone knew that it was shady shit, but they didn't care because and this is the thing. Plenty of people can complain that Michael Flynn technically lied to the FBI and that he should be held accountable for it because it's illegal. And I'll give a fuck about that opinion. the second that people arrest James Clapper for lying to the to Congress under oath about there not being a national spying apparatus or Andrew McCabe lying to the exact same fucking investigation as Michael Flynn. So, uh, until that happens, they can anyone who has the opinion that Michael Flynn should be in jail can go fuck themselves. Uh, so, basically what happened is, Michael Flynn essentially probably got a detail wrong that wasn't super relevant about a call with uh, the Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak, uh-huh. I believe. Uh, And so the FBI investigators were aware that he got it wrong because they had the transcripts, and he knew they had the transcripts. So there's really no reason for him to lie because he knows it's illegal, and he knows that they have the transcripts. And he knows that they can arrest him for that. And so essentially there's also records of the investigators at the time saying that he didn't appear to be lying. Uh, James Comey saying that he didn't... the head of the FBI claimed that he didn't believe that he was uh, lying at the time. There's uh, also records that uh, Joe Biden and President Obama's Chief of Staff and the head of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, were all included in the Uh, in meetings where they were informed that they were either informed or told the FBI that he probably didn't lie and that Donald Trump almost certainly did not collude with the Russians. Uh, Joe Biden and the President Obama's chief of staff were part of the group of people that, uh, that were made aware of the unmasking of Michael Flynn, which was done on an almost entirely political basis. Uh, basically, what ended up happening is for two years, Robert Mueller knew almost immediately that Donald Trump did not engage in collusion with Russia, and then they kept the investigation going for two years. So that they could try and get him to testify, and then lie during his testi- while testifying, so that they could impeach him for that and arrest him.
1: Boy, that's that's that doesn't seem
0: fair. <laughs> uh, I believe I believe the phrase you're looking for is morally reprehensible. Yeah, uh, I can't. And, yeah, let's you, know, go, you got a better vocabulary than I do, so let's go with that one. Uh, it's it's downright abhorrent, and the fa- the fact that people are okay with it because the orange man is bad is kind of concerning. Uh, and my favorite thought is that there are conservatives out there that's like Barack Obama politicized the FBI. The FBI was created by Woodrow Wilson to shut down anti-war protesters and. Yeah, it's always been politicized, man. J. Edgar Hoover, who has the fucking FBI building in Washington named after him was known for investigating was known for investigating the kennedys and martin luther king jr. what did you- jr got investigated
1: for communism right
0: uh so probably so. um uh, uh, that's the accusation but there's also the fact that he was a civil rights leader and they investigated most of the civil rights leaders God,
1: could you imagine them trying to do that? To, oh, I'm sure they do it today. They just, it just doesn't get publicized. Yeah, what,
0: what do you mean, can I? They certainly they do, it today. do. I just told you about um, there being a national spying apparatus.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's better to live in uh, ignorant bliss sometimes, Ian, than, uh, than concern myself with what the government is listening to and what it's not listening to. I, I yeah, would like right. to, Why I do, I do like to pretend that much. like one of our 20 listeners is someone in the NSA. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
1: uh, I got a good joke about that here when we come up on questions, uh, we could probably get to those now okay. if you want to do those.
0: Uh, was there anything else in the news that we really wanted to um, cover? Oh, um, something with Joe Biden probably. Yeah. I
1: was going to ask you, have you heard any update on Tara Reid or has everyone kind of forgotten about that?
0: Oh, the uh, I don't think everyone's forgotten about it, but the Democrats have closed their ranks. Uh, There was the interview with Megyn Kelly, okay, where basically what happened was after she, after Joe Biden got the chance to frame the discussion by being the first one invited on a liberal news network, because what was the game plan is always essentially this: that if a Democrat is accused of something then CNN, MSNBC, any of the major networks will not invite the accuser on to talk about it, so that the only place that they have to discuss it is going to be in, on Fox, and then they can be dismissed as a right-wing uh, counterparty, and that they're clearly <coughs> just doing it for political purposes. Hmm. Uh, and that's what they were essentially trying to do until Joe Biden went on and basically shat his pants on live TV. And which time? So they? <laughs> it was with Mika Brzezinski. Okay, all right. Uh, with, and so again, they, which time?
1: <laughs> I think it was a week ago, okay, Friday.
0: Gotcha. <clears throat> And so they then started inviting her on and were almost certainly going to completely attack her and ask her uh, a bunch of incredibly difficult and probing questions. And so she decided to take, uh, accept an interview with Megan Kelly, who uh, is one of the people who accused Roger Ailes of sexual harassment or sexual assault. I, don't I believe remember. it was harassment with Ailes. Don't quote me on that, though. Uh, but because essentially she thought that she would get a more sympathetic uh, interview, but also uh, because it wasn't on Fox News or one of the no well-known right-wing locations. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I think either I think over the weekend Chuck Schumer basically said that uh, it's important to listen to women. Uh, but he's heard Biden's explanation and that's good enough for him. And so he's gonna make a great So believe women unless it's Tara Reid. Well, the, the big thing here is that it's very simple that anyone in politics does not care about people who are actual victims of crimes or atrocities or tragic events. They just want to score points for uh, for them to gain more power. Gotcha. It
1: does seem to be the name of the game these days. Um, other noteworthy news.
0: Oh, uh, Nancy Pelosi wanted to re- uh, repeal the salt cap. The what? The state and local tax cap for deductions, uh, which is ten thousand dollars which I don't know about you, but that's a large portion of my paycheck if I were paying that in just state and local taxes. Uh, and she's trying to include that in the next recovery bill uh, because it will basically just help rich people in democratic states.
1: Okay, so explain to me how that would impact me or you. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not following you, and I'm, I'm sure if you explain it, I'll pick up on it.
0: Okay, so state and local taxes, uh, in places like Texas are usually are 0% yep. or Florida yep. 0% I pay
1: there's a portion well, I pay in North Carolina. I know yeah, I know what you're talking about
0: there. Yeah, uh, it's like 5% it's like 5% in Virginia. In places like Nor- New York and California it's upwards of 10 or 12%. Uh-huh. Now, now it used to be that you could deduct any money that you owed to the state of New York or the state of California from your total income for accounting purposes for the federal taxes. Gotcha. But after, with the recent tax bill that uh, was passed in 2017, I believe, it put a cap on that so that only you could only claim $10,000 if uh, of state and local taxes, which for you and me, that's not a big deal because if it's 5%, then in order for you to be paying 5% to state and local taxes, you'd have to be making $200,000. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, but for states with uh, typically democratic legislatures, uh, because they're the ones that usually like to increase state and local taxes, that puts a much higher uh, strain on their wealthier population. Uh And so it typically, uh, it typically means that wealthier people are more likely to move away and remove that income stream for uh, democratic states. Because when it's 10% or 12%, then it becomes anyone making $100,000 or $90,000. We, we, we start getting closer to you and I. And then it's worth noting that in these areas like San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York, $100,000 doesn't go nearly as far there as it would down in, over in Pittsburgh or in Cleveland or even down right. in Charlotte. Right. So those people wouldn't even consider, they'd be considered probably upper middle class, but still middle class at that point. Whereas if you're making over hundred k in like a rural area, then you're doing pretty damn right. well. You're not hurting by any means. No, and so essentially, in order to help with coronavirus recovery, she wants to pass the salt. That uh, she wants to repeal that cap on salt taxes.
1: Interesting, huh? Well, that doesn't seem very beneficial.
0: Uh, it's
1: it's clearly uh, her championing the poor. Clearly, yeah, she, a big advocate for the poor. She always has been, honestly, and that's that's what I was gonna I was gonna kind of lead into. This is a great transition here. Um, I love that the that California has basically already said, okay, we're not having college this fall. Um, Ian, I don't have a calendar handy. What day is today? Uh,
0: today is the thirteenth. Okay,
1: May. so California. Um, for all state universities, these are California state universities. There's 23 of them, has officially declared that they're not going to have on-campus instruction this fall. Um, now, at first glance, you would say this is great because you know they're being proactive and not letting kids come back to school and risking a second outbreak, right? That's what they're. That's what outside. That's what they're looking. That's what they're going for with their appearance. Do you know why they're really? <laughs> Do you know why they're really doing this? Because the state is bankrupt and they can't afford to bring the schools back in the fall. That's it. They stand to make millions of dollars from off-campus instruction because people will still pay tuition, but they won't have to fund any overhead, um, you know, limited janitorial staff. uh, They can cut professors. They can do all kinds of cost-cutting measures on the state university side. Uh, to, and still facilitate in-home learning
0: um, via online classes. Um. Oh, yeah. By the way, the, the the state of California has requested, I believe it was $30 billion for increased educational costs at this time. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, schools are closed right now. Wait. <laughs> How the fuck are their costs Wait. going up? This
1: is the same state that has such a poorly funded infrastructure that they have devastating wildfires generally caused by utilities uh, every year, right?
0: I believe PG&E has been held responsible. Although I would argue that it's actually actually because they don't know how to do controlled burns for some reason, because that's where the statement fight fire with fire comes from, is that in order to prevent wildfires, like the campfire, you're supposed to go through, uh, basically, if not annually, every two or three years, and, uh, set controlled burns to remove any dry brush that happens to be lying you're, on the- You're- telling the me- ground. you're telling
1: me that large civilizations built in a climate specifically desi- de, uh, specifically designated chaparral, which is known to burn naturally,
0: is a bad idea? sort of kind of it, well I mean is it a bad idea to bear, to build a major city under sea level in a, in a hurricane zone I don't know I'm not a doctor, not a doctor. You, know who, you, know, you know who we should ask I know who will have the answer to this
1: Greta Thunberg
0: Do- <laughs> oh you know why because she's apparently become a virology expert after spending a day An entire day on Twitter complaining that uh, a writer for The Federalist, Molly Hemingway, who wrote a book about how Brett Kavanaugh was basically railroaded in his uh, nomination process. And so she's like a Trump supporter. She's a conservative. uh, And so a bunch of CNN contributors and anchors were basically throwing a hissy fit about this. Uh, yesterday, because she was on Brett Bayer's show, which is not an opinion show, it's the sort of straight news show on Fox yep. News. Uh, the day after, CNN announces that they will be hosting the town hall uh, panel discussion regarding uh, coronavirus, including a former a, uh, Health and Human Services director a former director of the CDC, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and Greta Thunberg, yeah. the autistic teenager that's been skipping school for the last year uh, because that is a climate change activist and just won uh, the Nobel Prize. Oh, my God,
1: dude. This fucking, I uh, just don't get it. It's just clearly a ratings grab, but no one, no one's calling that out. And if you call it out, you're like this horrible
0: conservative person that should be hanged. You know? Well, in fairness, Ryan, I, put, I just tell you that. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I know that. I know that. But, I mean, oh, uh,
1: God, it's just ridiculous. It fucking ridiculous. On that note, I think we burned an hour.
0: Yeah. We have. Let's go to Alrighty. questions. Let me
1: pull these bad boys up. I think we got quite a few today.
0: Alright Hold on, before we get to questions I just remembered we have Ian's Hockey Corner Oh, yeah
1: Alright, cue the music
0: (laughs) Okay, Okay. baby So, uh, the only major news to come out of hockey this past week Was the dismissal of Brennan Leipzig Leipzig? Doesn't matter, he doesn't play there anymore From the Washington Capitals Uh, for doing something that is believed to be uh, which I believe the Washington Capitals said is disgusting and belongs nowhere and is unwelcome anywhere in the game of hockey. Now you may be wondering, what did he do to cause such a, uh, such a an immediate dismissal from the team? So what happened is someone hacked his, I want to say it was his brothers Instagram account and got into a group chat that he was in, in which he stated that uh, he was actively high at one point. Okay. He said, "I fucking love cocaine." Okay. Uh, he he called a former teammate's wife fat. Okay. And a little picky. Okay. All right. I'm waiting for the problem. Uh, I believe he used the phrase uh, in referencing a woman dirty whore Continue.
1: not seeing issues here yet
0: (laughs) and uh, said that his current line mates uh, were a couple of losers because they had a podcast
1: okay that's not nice that's ridiculous (laughs)
0: okay that's
1: where we draw the fucking line right there (laughs)
0: When it starts a point when, to us,
1: when, God it, damn it. when I'm involved, it's bullshit.
0: <laughs> but I think it's worth noting... But that's now, it, that's all, that's he's all... he's clearly that's, an that, asshole. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> wow, rich, rich young, rich young hockey player is asshole. Like, dude, like, let, where's the news story here?
0: Yeah, well, the, the thing that's worth noting is, while he's clearly an asshole... I guarantee you, there. oh, he also made a comment about how he had uh, he sent a story from someone that he follows on Instagram to the group and said that he, had, I think he gave some details about when he hooked up with her. Um, so apparently this sort of behavior is unacceptable in the game of hockey. Meanwhile, the most popular hockey podcast on the planet, Spit and Chicklets, has "quote unquote" kill stories every week, where they talk. They have an entire story where the fans now refer to a girl that they don't know as Shitty Cindy because one of the hosts had sex with her, and she, and she, uh, relieved her bowels on the Shitty back. Cindy.
1: That's fucking awesome. <laughs>
0: disgusting but and awesome. So, <laughs> and uh, so that is the most popular hockey podcast and not like it's not like an unacknowledged thing they're included in the most recent release of the NHL video game so like they're pretty involved they took part in the oh, the in the uh, all-star game now I don't think it's it's a hard press to say that this guy was being a dick right but the idea that he's not welcome in the game of hockey because he called a woman fat and talked about having sex with another woman, okay, <clears throat> or because or because he used uh, he used derogatory terms to talk about one particular woman in a private chat, seems like it's basically a PR move to not have to deal with people bitching to them about it. Here, you know. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll- I can guarantee you. One, the cocaine use. There are definitely more people than plenty of people in NHL that use yeah. cocaine. And I, I'm almost certain that if you showed a picture of the woman to Ovechkin, who is the star player and one of the biggest stars in hockey, he would look at that picture and say. And when you tell him why uh, his teammate was kicked off the team, he'd look at it and say. I don't see the problem. She is fat. Yeah.
1: Probably. Have you seen a picture of the girl? Is she fat? Uh,
0: She's not fat, but she's probably like... I assume that she put on pounds from the last time that he had seen her. Here's... Okay. What
1: I don't understand about articles like this, the people that write them, are they beyond reproach? What do they talk about when they talk to their friends? Are they not critical of anybody else ever in their lives? Have they never done anything illegal? Uh, they're
0: critical of they're critical of misogynist pieces of shit like you and Brendan Leipzig, Ryan. Okay.
1: Um, I guess let me backtrack here. Why are they critical of people like that? I'm not I'm not I'm I'm neither denying nor nor I'm I'm neither I'm neither confirming nor denying your your claim here. But um I don't know, man. I just don't fucking get it. Like why are why are they beyond reproach? You know, what what are their what do you think their conversations are like with their friends? What do they fucking talk about? The color of the rainbow in the sky? What their favorite Teletubby is? I mean, come on, man. Like like how how soft can we be? Like, yeah, he called someone fat. Dude, people get called fat all the time. Have you ever been to middle school before? It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man.
0: Have you ever be- have you ever been to my Facebook page you know, before? Bro, you
1: ever read a tweet, dude? <laughs> I mean, good lord.
0: You see have you, you have see you worse shit any... in the
1: replies to Donald Trump's tweets than you do in that group chat, I'm sure. 100%. But, you know, orange man bad, whatever. I'm fucking tired of it. Okay, questions. Okay, questions. Let me pull them up. Great hockey corner, by the way.
0: I thought you'd find. Me. I thought you'd spend more time discussing his cocaine. Games. Uh <clears throat> I don't know what the Or or uh, I don't know what that is. I think
1: there's another thing about him smoking. <clears throat> to- I'm not I'm I'm not a stoner. So I think uh the 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 devil's lettuce is something that we could all go without. Uh I don't
0: know. A good a good dose of the jazz cabbage is always fun.
1: I don't mind it. Let's see here. There's we got a lot here. Let's start with This one from Lizzie Barnhart. Pick one. A can of yingling in the blue lot or a draft yingling at Spage? I mean, you got to go with the tailgate. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you top the blue lot.
0: I mean, that's the problem. I'm not a big fan of canned Yingling. I'm not either. I I think they're a little flatter, honestly. Yeah, 100%. So it won't taste as good, but the atmosphere is just you can't, better. As much as I love Spage, you can't You the
1: cannot Blue beat Lot. the Blue Lot. You can't. Oh god, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. I make my last payment on my tickets next month and it's gonna be it's gonna be finally paid for. It's been painful.
0: Your my tickets,
1: my season tickets.
0: Oh, I didn't know you got season tickets.
1: Uh yeah first uh, first time this year I told you guys I was donating why do you, I, I I'm not just donating because I I'm, I, I'm a good person okay
0: <laughs> well if you were a good person you damn sure wouldn't be donating to an institution that gets thirty thousand dollars a year from exactly
1: <laughs> exactly
0: um, another one
1: from Lizzie Barnhart do you think California canceled sports because they suck and didn't want to lose
0: uh, well, uh, let's see here. The Los Angeles Chargers. Yep. Yep. The Los Angeles. Can we Chargers. give it?
1: Can we give a shout out here to Rick DeSantis? Uh,
0: yes. I mean, I mean, what a baller move there. <laughs> welcoming, welcoming any professional sports team to participate in <laughs> yeah. Florida. What a fucking that's, awesome. That's one move. of those things like just putting your putting your balls on the in table. saying right like,
1: before. okay, well, I mean, if California doesn't want you, you can always come to
0: sunny Florida. You know, you know what the sad part is? The Chargers would have more fans. Than uh, we Florida. were talking
1: about it. The Tally Chargers, man, that's got a ring to it. I'd be all about it. The Tally Chargers. They could play in Florida State yeah. Stadium.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the only problem is that, like, Jacksonville doesn't do a whole lot of business and so adding another one to Northern Florida wouldn't be great. But they do more business than the fucking Chargers who couldn't fill out a goddamn soccer stadium. I don't
1: think people in LA like sports. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think they do it.
0: I, I uh, 100%. I, I, they like rooting for the Lakers when they win, and they like rooting for the Dodgers. Right,
1: right but that's. And, and it's. it's, it's You know, when they win, it's just kind of. The only reason they like them is because it's like the cool thing to do at that point.
0: Uh, 100%. Although. Uh, I will say that it is not; they did not cancel it because they're bad at sports, as much as the San Diego Padres would beg to differ. In it, because they do still have the Lakers who are contending for an NBA championship this year, and the Dodgers who were basically trying to buy themselves a World Series this year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's as we mentioned previously in the podcast, <coughs> mostly because um, their universities are dirt poor, so. <laughs> um, Alright next up McKenzie Music asks If you could drink One beer For the rest of your life What would it be and why? So this is an easier I've already answered this question I had this discussion On Xbox a few weeks ago But I'd like to hear your answer And I'll give you my reasoning
0: Ooh That's a tough question I think I would go with a Ying.
1: Yeah see I'm a, I'm a macro brewer guy also I think I'd go with a Miller Lite And the reason being Here's the thing like, an IPA would be great. Don't get me wrong. Or, like, you could give me a great sour beer. And, <clears throat> yeah, like, I'd love to drink it, like, sitting here right now drinking it. But, like, if I'm out on the boat or if I'm at a tailgate, I want to just be able to pound Miller. You know, and you can do the same thing with Yingling, right? It's the same idea.
0: Ooh, I, I think I might change my answer. I might go with a, a fat tire.
1: Really? You'd want to drink, like, fat tire, like, out on the boat or, like, in hot 105-degree uh, yeah, right. weather? That's thing.
0: It's, like... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get sloppy way sloppy drunk, I probably want to do a macro brew like, and Yingling's probably the, my favorite of the, of the. That's it.
1: So that, I like that question because it makes you think like, okay, like yeah, I'd like to I'd like to have a craft beer, but then you think about all the situations you drink beer in, and I could put up with a Miller Light in situation where I'm just hanging out with friends to have the benefit of drinking Miller Lite when it's 105 degrees outside and in the blue lot doing keg stands. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely a good point. Although I will say that there was there was this uh, brown ale from a place back in Parkers, Parkersburg, West Virginia that uh, was 8.2%, and I had misread it as 6.2%. And had three in an hour... I think I told the story before. And got hammered drunk. (laughs) Got hammered drunk. Before going to another brewery. Yeah, you have to... Drinking even more there. And then going to Buffalo Wild Wings before Irish. Goodbye. My ass out of there. Oh, man. I'm
1: a big fan of the old Irish goodbye as well. It's a great time. Did you know it's also called a French
0: accent? No. I kind of like that better. That
1: kind of sounds like a sex move, but... uh,
0: I think the French exit is better if you do it when you're not drunk, because Irish goodbye suggest alcohol. Yeah, French exit
1: just sounds like you're a fucking asshole, which most of the French uh-huh. are.
0: Actually, did you know it's mostly the Parisians that provide that reputation?
1: So the French countryside people are nice, it's just the, the jackasses in Paris?
0: Uh, yeah. That's what someone from the French countryside was Interesting. Talking. I don't know if it's true or not. They may have just been... Defending
1: their own order. It could be. It could be. I mean, it'd just be like saying, like, oh, all Americans are assholes, and you'd have someone from Georgia saying, hell no, it's just them fuckers up in New York. <laughs> you know?
0: That's a fair point. So. Uh,
1: all right. Uh, another one from Lizzie, Lizzie Barnhart. Why would you go to work if you were going to get two Gs a month from the government? Uh, well, I make more than that per month. So that's why I would go to work, because my net, my net income would be higher. So.
0: Yeah, my net income would go down a little bit. I wouldn't be able to afford to live in my apartment. But if I were living in a much cheaper apartment and working a worse job, then I would definitely consider Uh, Definitely. I
1: mean, it's just, you know, the lesser of two evils. I guess we're banking on people not having the critical thinking um, at that income level to be able to make that decision. So...
0: I don't think there's anyone that lacks the critical thinking ability to realize that I make more money not working. You than would working. be
1: surprised. You would be surprised.
0: Uh, it's literally comparing two numbers.
1: Yeah, but that's like I said. You would be surprised. Just comparing two numbers. Okay. Um, Yates D sixteen asks, "Why do I keep pushing it right?" It's because your golf swing sucks. Um, T Roy's asks, "What makes you more anxious: sending a risky text or waiting for a text back?"
0: That seems like the same thing, doesn't? No, it? No,
1: which makes you more which makes you more anxious. Sending a risky
0: text. Uh. Well, is, is the question like the idea of actually yeah, sending like actually it or waiting for I feel for like it's actually extra.
1: pulling the trigger on the text.
0: Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. For me, it's it's got to be the latter. You, it's got to be the anxiety about what the reaction is going to be.
1: Yeah, see, I'm like a, I'm a pretty conservative guy, so I really don't send risky texts or like display emotions or feelings or pretty much anything when I. send I mean, I'm Irish,
0: so I don't when I'm...
1: I send texts. So like, I guess I just that would make me more anxious having to do that rather than waiting for a text back. Like, if you don't text me back. Honestly, I'm so goddamn busy during the day, like sometimes
0: I don't I, I don't text people back, so um Well my assumption is that it's like after sending the risky text, not just any Yeah, Okay. Text. That was my assumption. If it's not that, then it's gotta be then that's obviously yeah, the If Yeah, If it, if it is, I is think that it's very if clearly it's, if it's not if it is
1: that, I hate I
0: hate waiting. You know? You need to know what the reaction is at that point, or else you, you worry that you completely fucked yes, up Yes, and here's
1: the thing. like I'm a big fan, and I, I love this. You know, This is a big lawyer um, trait, actually. I'm by no means a lawyer. But I don't like asking questions that I don't know the answer to already, especially when I'm dealing with other people. You know what I'm saying? That's
0: 100% the correct policy to have, uh, but also sometimes it's unavoidable. It
1: is, it is unavoidable, but, you know... For the most part, I, I don't like asking questions I don't already know the answer to. Um, you know, it is unavoidable. Obviously, I mean, I, have those, I encounter those situations every day. But um,
0: Yeah, no, I'm 100% certain that I've missed a lot of very good opportunities uh, because I did not ask a question I didn't know, you know the one answer of the to. Best,
1: I will say that's one of the best negotiation tactics you can have is to ask questions that you already know the answer to. You can, you can lead someone into giving you what you want if you ask them the correct questions that you already know about. Seriously. It yeah. is a great negotiation tactic. Um, because when you ask questions, you put the ball in their court and it it becomes it does not become your problem. And especially if you have a... Re- you know, if you've researched the subject enough that you know enough about it to ask a question and know what your answer is going to be when you ask that question, number one, if they give you an answer that's incorrect, you can call them on bullshit... And that's a, that's a way to find weakness And then number two You get them creating dialogue Which makes them fuck up If that makes any sense
0: neg-
1: neg- uh, yeah. no, Negotiating one-on-one um, Alright, what's next? Good question, Tim uh, uh, um, JPE1323 asks How many times have you worn a mask in public? Uh, this is not Iran So, uh, zero
0: I wore a scarf once. I mean, I well, I mean, I have. Oh wait, I guess you know this.
1: I would say this. This does a okay. So if we're not counting the time I tried out for the Taliban, um, maybe a couple times. Well, was that in public or? I was outside. There was. There were some monkey bars. I shot an AK. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: Well, see, how many. I remember my first. This uh, is the point. Halloween this is the costume. point in the
1: podcast I was alluding to when I said I hope the NSA is listening to this. <laughs> uh,
0: fun fact: the first, uh, the first Halloween costume I ever remember wearing was, I want to say, the first grade when I dressed up as Ghostface from the movie Scream. Interesting. I don't even know what that guy looks like. It's just a like a big black. Uh, Basically, robe, and then the white uh,
1: the white face sort of contorted. Oh, okay, like scream. Yeah, I just told you. You said ghost face from the movie scream. Oh, screen. I didn't hear the scream part. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, okay. That's like a classic Halloween costume, too. Classic, classic. Oh, yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, if you're just referencing COVID, Jake, um, I have not, and I refuse to. So call me a bad person if you want, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to wear a mask out in public.
0: Yeah, I thought the only reason I uh, did once is because I thought that my grocery store had implemented a rule where you had to. And then when I showed up and saw that they didn't, I felt really silly. Yeah, and there, you it off. there
1: you go. There you go. Um, Chad Dominic asks, will I catch more fish than you? Chad is coming fishing with me this weekend. Considering you don't have any fishing gear, Chad, uh, no. Um, <laughs> and then we, our last question is from Michaela Sims, who asks, why don't you drive with your pants unbuttoned? What? Apparently, apparently. <laughs> She's asking, "Why don't you drive with your pants unbuttoned?" So I guess she gets in her car and unbuttons her pants when she drives. Is this a road? No, question? it's not. I just think it's like a comfort question. I don't unbutton my pants when I drive. I mean, I wear a belt. I'm not. I'm not doing that. My pants. My wow. pants are staying. But I'm driving. I, I don't I I'm, don't even understand the I'm in question. Public. I think what she does is like get in gets in her car and like just unbuttons her pants. Like it's more comfortable to drive with unbuttoned pants. Like sitting down, like like if you were to sit down on your couch, you just unbutton your pants. It'd be the same thing except she's driving. So she's asking, why don't we do that? Because, I mean, like I said, I'm in public. I'm not I'm, doing that. It's like not that. It's not uncomfortable. So. I mean, I, I also don't unbutton
0: my pants when I sit down at work yeah, either. I
1: mean, that would be kind of weird, but. <laughs> you know, uh, you talk about office etiquette. I feel like that's, that's definitely frowned upon.
0: I mean this isn't this isn't immediately after thing. I don't even unbutton my pants immediately after finishing Thanksgiving dinner. I'm damn sure not gonna do it just because I got in the fucking look, man. Call. I mean, you know,
1: I look I'm not judging her by any means. That's I guess that's her thing. I guess she was asking us why we don't do it and I don't do it because I don't feel the need to.
0: So. Yeah, i I've, I've never even <laughs> contemplated the possibility. I'll be honest, maybe I should. That's it. I. The, she may be. She may be an may, innovator. May, maybe we try know. it.
1: Maybe we try it and see what it's like. I don't know. I just. I would feel so weird just, pulling up the chick.
0: Just see. Just see what it's like. Just, just give it a shot, shot,
1: man. Look, you don't know it till you try. It. You don't know what it's like till you try. It. So,
0: can't knock it till it's tried. Fair enough. Try it. Fair enough. All right. Well, that concludes questions. Uh,
1: I think it's a great time to transition to
0: dumpster uh, fire of the week. Ian, uh, would you like to fire away? Uh, yes, yes I would. Let me just pull this up to make sure that I I deliver it correctly. I don't want to give you the impression that I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's usually what the rest of the podcast yes. is for. So, Carnival Cruise Line bookings uh, have increased, as you would expect, uh, because they've announced August reservations. So would you like to guess how much higher they are this year than they were at, in August of I last year? I believe
1: it's 600 year? times higher.
0: Uh, it's 600% high. six times higher. Yes. Uh, which is basically... Uh, I wasn't sure whether to include this in Boomer of the Week or uh, Dumpster Fire of the Week, but uh, here's a little hint. Ronnie's back. So dumpster fire of the week is where I put it and the boomers just don't give a shit. They'll die. I mean, cruise lines are kind of like just a disease. A disease center. Uh, It's a great great
1: description. Cesspool. It's a cesspool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever on a cruise for some ungodly reason and you see that you no longer have shaker, salt and pepper shakers, uh, but instead have little packets of salt and pepper at your table, then that's a sign that there's a disease going around, a virus. Or really? General disease. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. that. Heard that on a podcast recently.
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting, interesting.
1: That's like how they prevent, I guess, like communicable like diseases if they get rid of the salt and pepper shake or something.
0: Well, well, that's one of the ways. I'm sure that's the most obvious way for people because you eat three times a day. Right.
1: So tell me, like, it's probably a bad idea to cram 1,500 people in a confined space that's isolated from everybody else in the world for weeks at a time.
0: Uh, up until the weeks at a time thing, I was going to say, I don't know, Bill de Blasio kept the subway going for another month and a half. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. That's a great one. Uh, that is a great one. Good old Bill.
0: Why Wild Bill uh, De
1: Blasio over here?
0: Mhm. All right. So you had you had something for? Dumpster yeah. So fire. Uh,
1: my dumpster fire of the week is uh, uh, the U.S. government and its um, its policies on who fulfills the role of commander in chief if our leaders are incapacitated. Uh, so currently um usually and th- this is usually it's always this way uh if the president is incapacitated um the vice president assumes responsibility for the federal government and if the vice president is incapacitated that goes to speaker of the house um ian can you tell me who speaker of the house is right now
0: that would be good old yeah
1: so can you answer this course. other question uh Who is quarantining in those three people because they were exposed to coronavirus? Uh, I believe it's Mike Pence. I know his aide was his aide was exposed to COVID or tested positive
0: for it. Yeah, but he's only like fifty years old. He's probably gonna do fine. He's
1: fine, but if he's quarantining, is he able to like run the country?
0: Uh, he, I would say he would still be considered uh, in good, good mental and physical health. Okay. That well, point. I hope
1: so because if old Daddy Trump and um, Pence both go down for the count, Nancy Pelosi will be our next president or acting president, and uh, that is a world that I do not want to live in. Uh, no, no, I so,
0: don't. Uh, that
1: is my dumpster fire of the week. Um,
0: Hold on. What if she then is finds herself in the Oval Office, she contracts coronavirus, and dies, and then Chuck Grassley, president pro tempore of the Senate, uh, becomes Okay, president. so
1: actually, I met people that worked for Senator Grassley, and they were really cool. Uh, he's from Iowa, obviously. Um, yeah. So
0: Wait, when the fuck did you work for Senator I Grassley? I didn't work
1: for Grassley. I knew people that worked for Grassley. Difference. Big oh, difference okay. during my days when I was in DC. Well, visiting DC in the summertime. Um, friend of a friend, um, friends of a friend. Uh, not to go into too much details, but
0: <coughs> yeah. So, uh, do we want to move on? To yeah, let's boomer do that. Uh,
1: so, Bo- boomer of the week uh, is. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, okay. you go first. So, my boomer of the my boomer of the week is. Erica Komisar um, You may ask me who is Erica Komisar Ms. Komisar is a New York psychoanalyst And author of Being There Why prioritizing motherhood In the first three years matters Mrs. Komisar
0: wrote or I'm, I'm sorry before you Before you proceed uh, Hearing the title psychoanalyst uh, Makes me think of the fact That Ryan you really take the The out of psychotherapist <laughs> That's
1: a classic joke it's a classic joke especially to tell people that can't read or spell cuz then they just don't get it like right now i don't get it i'm kidding
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's basically the same setup as the uh the arrested development joke i'm an analyst and i'm a therapist i figured why well, i have to put both down i'll just put down, i'll just make my own title i'm an analypist <laughs>
1: Uh, for those of you that don't get that joke, it's anal rapist.
0: Um, so, <laughs> or if we want, if we want to just get through all of these jokes, there's the uh, Charlie can, Kelly doesn't can know language. All English right, can language. I stop? All right,
1: that's that's great. We'll do this on the next podcast. You're hijacking my segment, you fucking asshole. Um, <laughs>
0: okay, continue. So Erica
1: Komisar, uh wrote a uh, an op-ed for the. Uh, Wall Street Journal today or yesterday, May 12th, and the headline says, In Lockdown, pot and booze are bad news. And the subheadline is, Pennsylvania closed liquor stores. Other states should consider similar moves. So, Erica, this bitch, is suggesting in this article that. You shouldn't smoke weed or drink to uh, while you're in quarantine because it's going to make you a much unhealthier person. No shit. Uh, and you're going to be grumpy and won't be able to sleep. And states should outlaw liquor. And states that have legal marijuana should outlaw their marijuana temporarily so that their people don't get dependent on it. Uh, my answer to that, Ms. Erica, is okay, Boomer.
0: I don't think she recognizes the sort of social unrest that would start if you, if you locked people in for, uh, for a lockdown, a quarantine, and told them they weren't allowed to drink liquor or smoke weed. Did you imagine... There'd be riots. They the lockdowns would have ended within. De- there would within be hours riots if they if they if locked you the down point. and said sorry, you can't buy alcohol. It would
1: there would be fucking riots.
0: I don't know how they're still maintaining. Apparently, I don't know how they're still maintaining them in Pennsylvania. Like, in what world are you seriously pe- keeping people from? I think it's because liquor stores are different from beer yes. distributors and so you can still get
1: beer and yeah, wine. I think that's what it is. I really think that's... there's probably just not, you know, no one's no one's selling any hard liquor. <coughs> so Plus if you live near the border, that, I, that you can has go out be. of state. But actually in West Virginia, you can't buy liquor unless you have a West Virginia state ID. Do you know that? Yeah,
0: I did. Uh, I think we brought that up yeah. a few times uh-huh. on here. It's a good thing we don't know anybody that has to deal with that. That'd be a real Yeah, could you
1: imagine US. living in West Virginia for 10 years and not having a West Virginia ID?
0: Uh, no. Man, no what an
1: idiot, whoever that would be, would 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 be would do that. What a dumbass. Be a, would
0: be a real pain in the would ass. would be a real right pain
1: in the dick, wouldn't it? You know, you'd think after living somewhere for 10 years and then getting a job and a career there, you'd get a West Virginia ID. But I don't think anyone's ever done that before, though, so we don't need to talk you'd about it. You'd think that
0: you'd actually be legally obligated. I, I to believe, a, to I believe you
1: would be, but I'm no lawyer and... I'm sure none of our listeners are doing that right now. And I'm also not a doctor,
0: so I wouldn't know.
1: We need to ask Greta. She'll... she <laughs> doctor, know. she'll know. She'll fucking know. All right, that's my Boomer of the Week. Ian, is Ronnie back?
0: You better believe Ronnie's back. Uh, he... So, Ronnie, this is... I'll try and keep this short. We've already gone fairly long. Uh, so Ronnie was given his normal uh, address to his to his employees at his construction company. Obviously, things aren't going super great right now. A lot of people aren't asking to have things built. I mean, it's, it's the middle of a fucking pandemic. Shit's not going well for most right. people. Well, one of the people that aren't a big fan of Ronnie, that isn't a big fan of Ronnie, uh... Sh- this, uh, this woman that happens to uh, work for the company and part of this group of people that's trying to bring him down, she decided to ask him how, how exactly it's beneficial for him to talk about how everyone's losing jobs and instead he should be focusing on how we can prevent people from losing jobs right here at Ronnie's uh-huh. company. And you know he said, you know what? Maybe you should go ask the government who's shutting us down. Maybe you should go ask China for uh, for keeping this for sending this sending this virus over uh, after making it a black. Uh-huh. You know, some, some so, of that stuff. Sounds like you kinda had these, a little but,
1: bit of like an outlash at her.
0: Yeah, some some sort of uh some would call it a backlash. Okay. Uh, thinking it's a it's an incredibly hostile question to someone that's just trying to do the right thing, trying to help his company, trying to get people uh to work and keep them composed and calm. Yeah. No need to stoke panic and fear. Well, I'm not sure if you know this. Uh this uh this lady, she happened to be uh she happened to be of Asian oh, no. descent. And and so uh him saying that it was China's fault that people were losing jobs to a woman of Asian descent—it's not gone over super well. And you know, obviously, when you come out and say something that's clearly some boomer nonsense about the Chinese creating this in a lab, uh, and then just spouting it at a minority like that—it's not going to go well. I mean, it's—I, it's, it's just—it's
1: just a real boomer yeah, move. Yeah, it is. You know, he got—you know—he got in his own way there, didn't he? You'd think so. Poor Ronnie. Well, I'm praying for him. I hope, he get, I hope he makes it out of it. Hope he makes it out of it. Man.
0: Oh, well, speaking of praying for people, uh, the Notorious RVG seems to be doing fine. Your prayers seem to have good. worked, Ryan. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad she's going to make it out of it. Uh, especially considering your official statement. It's, it's all coming together.
1: Um... I would like to do one more, I guess, since we did a movie review uh, a couple weeks ago in this part of the podcast before we end. The bow of Buster Scruggs. I watched it for the, fir- for the first it. time. It's excellent. Um, I thought it was going to be real cheesy in the opening scene and then that guy just shoots like eight people. <laughs> and I'm just like... <laughs> spoiler alert. If you want to watch this movie, turn off the podcast right now. Fade the public. Fuckers, talk to you next week. If you have seen this movie, we're going to continue talking about it for a second. Um... I didn't I zoned out in a couple sections. My favorite one was probably the panhandler, just because like number one he survives, which is awesome. And then number two, like I love how he's just using deductive reasoning with the amount of pieces of gold he's capturing in his little pan um, as he moves up and down yep. the creek.
0: Exactly. That sort of ingenuity. It's genius. My personal, I think my favorite was the first one, but I really, I really liked the jokes that were taking place in the James Franco oh, one. Oh yes, when when he looks at the guy the second time he's about to be hanged, <laughs> yes. he looks at the guy next to him. He's like about to about to shit his pants. He's so terrified, and he says, "Just calmly, first, first time. time." That and the ending of the scene. Oh, there's a pretty girl, and then he
1: just fucking dies. <laughs> That and how, and how Uh, Liam Neeson trades and like every, like I could see it coming as soon as Liam Neeson walked up to the, the
0: damn chicken that could do math. um, Oh yeah. The, uh, that was, I'll be honest. That one was just kind of depressing. But if you think about it, like with a dark sense of humor, it was fucking hilarious. hilarious. Like, like, you know, every
1: show, like the, the crowd kept dwindling, you know, and, like, you started noticing that, and Neeson, you know, he started noticing, like, Liam Neeson getting a little nervous. And then, you know, obviously this kid can't do anything, right? Like, he's got no arms and no legs. Like, he has no way of, of helping himself. And then Neeson sees the chicken that can do math, and all of a sudden the, the chicken, he buys a chicken to replace a person. Very dark. Um I need to rewatch the one with the little dog. Other than that, like, I get the point of the story is that the little dog ended up making her kill herself. Um,
0: but, uh... I also I really enjoyed the last one, too, with the uh, the tedious man and the woman who's a burden on her children and the, the two bounty so, hunters... So... Help me
1: help me through that one because I I I tried to pay attention to it and I just I don't think I picked up on the theme. So they're in like like purgatory, right?
0: That is a suggestion. Like, there's a lot of different interpretations. Uh, There's another interpretation that those two like that like one interpretation is that that's sort of a more uh, like mid uh, uh, an old western version of the river sticks. Where those two are, gui- are death, uh, guiding uh, guiding the people to uh, hell, essentially. And that's what the ultimate destination okay. is. Uh, then there's another one where those people are just death. And those are just people that happen to be on a fucking wagon ride with
1: death. Oh. <laughs> so they're creeped out. They're obviously just going to Fort Morgan. Together, okay. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I do. I, it, the humor was very well mixed in, just with like little jokes, like you know them dropping the bot, the dead body on the ground when they were outside Fort Morgan.
0: <sighs> you know, the te- then there's the tedious man, <laughs> where they just suddenly are like, "Well, he he told me that I was being especially tedious, and I thought that it was just very disrespectful." Yeah. And, and then and then he goes on for like another two minutes and then the French guy next on the other side is like yes clearly we heard from uh, we've heard from the woman and the tedious man <laughs> the the burdening woman and the tedious man what do you
1: two do uh, and uh, uh, what did uh, what what was in the first one of Buster Scruggs what did what did they describe him as in his wanted poster it was uh
0: the West Texas Twit. No,
1: there was like it, it was like an adjective. Um, it was like, I can't.
0: Oh, misanthrope. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. He like takes offense to it. It was so funny. Yeah,
0: he's he's he goes in on this very well. Like his vocabulary is stupendous, <laughs> yeah. and explaining his his moral philosophy about people and the world as a whole. Uh, and they
1: call me a misanthrope.
0: That's just so funny, oh. <laughs> and the, just the the juxtaposition of him uh, being clearly as intelligent as he is, and like a f- having a fondness for singing, with how incredibly violent he yeah. also <laughs> yeah. is.
1: Kill, is killing really the, killing the fucking poker player by stomping on the uh, by stomping on the poker t- table <laughs> and then immediately breaking in the song and I love that the rest of the bar just breaks in the song with him it just makes it that much better <laughs> oh man his poker playing
0: days are that was through. a good hand of poker cards though was it not he had pocket aces. No, that's that's dead man. No, it was two. It was eights over aces. That's known as the dead man's. Okay, hand I don't know enough about because, poker to, uh, to know that. Well, no, it's known as the dead man's hand because of the old west. Uh, a famous outlaw. I don't remember who. I want to say it was Jesse uh, Jesse James, but it could have been someone else. Uh, was uh, that was apparently the last uh, hand of poker he had before he was then shot and killed. Ah,
1: okay. It's so a bad it's, omen. It's
0: forever been known as the yeah, it's a bad omen. It's the dead man's it. hand.
1: Man, if I could go back in time, I feel like I'd like to be a cowboy for a couple of years. I feel like, like if you could do things like that, don't say Westworld, but like if I if you could do things like that for a short period of time, I feel like the wild west would be fucking sick.
0: It would be so Yeah, cool. you would all you would most certainly die of dysentery within one
1: hundred percent. But it'd be fun to try.
0: So
1: On that note, um, here's the hoping we both dive death dysentery before we have to put on another podcast. Uh, This has been
0: well, we're not the only ones hoping for that. Uh, The entire (laughs) audience, that's
1: exactly right. And on on that note, folks, uh, you have wasted another perfectly good hour and forty five minutes listening to Fade the Public. Uh, And uh, don't forget to uh, not tune in next week, or maybe you do. Fade 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 the Public.